Friends, our second reading is from one of the Apostle Paul's letters from Colossians, the third chapter, verses 12 through 17. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if another has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and with gratitude in your hearts. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, there is so much noise in our world that what we need at this time is for you to still our hearts and minds so that we can hear only you. Let any word that I speak be only of you and let what we hear transform our lives this day that we may serve you evermore. Amen. When my youngest daughter was four, she did this thing every night at bedtime where she would do everything she could to prolong bedtime. Are you familiar with this? So we'd take her to bed and she had to have these certain 12 stuffed animals. They had to be in a certain place. And one of the ways that she really lengthened bedtime was with her prayers. She would give these long, elaborate prayers. Any of the Pharisees in the Bible would have been proud of them. And so one night, again, when she's putting off bedtime, she says to me, Mama, I don't know what to pray for. And I don't remember how this came up, but I said, you know, sometimes what I pray for is I think of the things that I'm really grateful for, and I hope that other people will get them. And she got really excited. Okay, I got it. I'm ready. Put her back in bed, stuffed animals everywhere, start to pray, and she says, Dear God, please help homeless people to have all good things like sprite and ribs right this is what she's most grateful for at the age of four in case you were wondering how southern we were it was sprite and ribs that really lit up her world i love this book the thank you book because it acknowledges that sometimes there is inside of us this desire to give voice to all the incredible things in our world it calls it a happy hum. Sometimes there's this happy hum in your heart and you can't help but talk about all of the wonderful things you see in the world. There's actually a theological term for that. That is called natural theology. And it is the idea that if there were a person who had never heard about God or Jesus Christ or the Holy Spirit, that that urge we sometimes have to be grateful that's proof that God is speaking to everyone. It is a natural theology that all of us have. 
I love that kind of feeling. I had it earlier this week. I went um, on study leave, and I have a group of um, eight friends of mine. We all are preachers, and I was just sitting looking at them on the Zoom meeting, and all I could think was, I don't know how I got such good friends. Like, I, I didn't do anything to deserve them, and I love them all so much. Um, I don't know if you've ever felt that way, that gratitude that wells up. The Apostle Paul talks about gratitude in this passage, and I don't think he's talking about natural theology. He's not talking even about a feeling. Paul comes from a very specific context. At the time that he is writing this letter to that small church, he has been imprisoned in Rome for two years. At the time of this writing, he is most likely on house arrest, not able to go anywhere. He has been persecuted. And so when Paul writes to the church and tells them to be grateful, I'm just going to guess he hasn't always felt grateful during all of that persecution and during his imprisonment. And Paul knows that the people in that church, they've got a context and an issue too, and that is that they are a very small church living in a world that tells them that everything else is more important. Boy, doesn't that sound familiar? This little church has people who are giving them false teachings, people who are saying, no, you shouldn't follow Jesus, you should follow this person, you should even follow the Caesar, right? Because he's a god in Roman culture. And so for the Apostle Paul, he doesn't really want them to feel grateful. He wants them to have an ethic that they live by. And that's what Paul is talking about here. Not a feeling, but an ethic. An ethic is a way that you organize your life and you make your decisions in your life. It is that organizing principle. And Paul says, if your organizing principle is Jesus Christ, then your ethic should involve compassion and kindness, constantly forgiving others if you have been forgiven. And it also means that you should be grateful. Not a feeling, but gratitude as a spiritual discipline. That's what Paul's talking about here. Now, a spiritual discipline is anything that you do repetitively over time that makes you a better Christian, that brings more of the Holy Spirit into your life. I don't know what your experience is with spiritual disciplines. Prayer is a spiritual discipline. Reading your Bible is a spiritual discipline. I don't know what your experience is, but when I'm in that moment, it sometimes seems like nothing's really changed. I said my prayer. I don't feel any different. But what you learn is that after doing that discipline over your lifetime, you have grown closer to the Lord God. You are more open to hearing God speak into your lives. The spiritual discipline does not change God. It changes us because we're the one that needs changing. And so the Apostle Paul, having been jailed, the Apostle Paul, having been persecuted, says to this little church who is wondering if they will survive and how they should live every day, he says, practice gratitude. Practice it. And that doesn't mean that you don't acknowledge your feelings. I don't know about you, but there are days when I can't get a hopeful thought to save my life. It's just a bad day. But practicing a discipline of gratitude means maybe even when we most don't feel like it, 
we consciously remember the things that we are grateful for. And the Apostle Paul says this, the reason that little church should be grateful is because they are Gentiles, and it used to be that they were not allowed to be a part of the church. And now they are. They've been welcomed with open arms. They've received grace. Grace, which is an undeserved gift that is freely given. Paul reminds them, none of you could earn grace, and yet it's been lavished upon you. If that's the case, what's left? Gratitude. He is encouraging them as part of their ethic to live every day with the sure knowledge of who they are. And in doing that, they will also acknowledge the goodness of God. There are so many things in our lives that we don't deserve. So many. And the Apostle Paul says that is proof of God's goodness, and you should constantly be naming those things, just like the psalmist. I will declare the deeds of the Lord. I also think that this is not necessarily a public sort of discipline. This is not when someone asks me how I'm doing, I have to give them a really fake answer about how everything's great and there are so many blessings. It's not that. It's an internal sort of gratitude. You know what it is? It's an orientation to the world. Christians are supposed to have an orientation to the world that says, I have been redeemed and I didn't deserve it. And because of that, I'm called to love and forgive and to serve. That's how we practice our gratitude. One of my friends that I was with last week told me the story that there is an elder in his church. And when I say elder, I mean truly an elder. He's one of those pillars of the church, the ones who have been there since the church began. And he's in his mid-90s. And he started suffering from dementia. And my friend said, it was really hard to see the lion of our church slip away. And there came a time when he was physically frail. It was hard to get around, and his mind was gone. He did not remember anyone. But he still demanded that his caretaker bring him to church. And so they would come in, and he would sit, and then afterwards, for months, even though he remembered no one, he would say to his caretaker, now I want to go talk to the staff. And my friend said, you know, it took him like 400 years to get down the aisle, but he would come down and he would grab your hand and look you in the eye and say, thank you, thank you. To be a Christian is to be so rooted in gratitude that when your mind and even your body slip away, all you've got left is thank you, thank you. There will be days when practicing the discipline of gratitude is as easy as pie. And then there'll be days when the person you love is slipping away, when the one that you care about is suffering, and it'll be harder then. But as Christians, we practice gratitude over and over again in the hope that at the end of our lives, we will be able to say, you know what? It was all thanks anyway. Thanks be to God. Amen.